Well, hello there. This is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us for this episode for Sunday, October 2nd, 2022, entitled Telling Time for Beginners, The Transhumanism Threat. Well, this is going to be an interesting episode. I'm here to tell you that right up front. Recently, on the 12th of September, 2022, the big guy at the White House issued yet another executive order. And it was a total yawner, except for paragraph four. In the fourth paragraph of that executive order, that is entitled Advancing Biotechnology and Biomanufacturing Innovation for a Sustainable, Safe, and Secure American Bioeconomy. That's the title of the executive order, and that's so typical of government. <laughs> anyway, in the fourth paragraph of that executive order of September 12, 2022, I'm going to read that fourth paragraph to you. And you can read the whole thing as I did, but I'm just going to read the fourth paragraph. For biotechnology and biomanufacturing to help us achieve our societal goals, the United States needs to invest in foundational scientific capabilities. We need to develop genetic engineering technologies and techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictably program biology in the same way in which we write software and program computers. Unlock the power of biological data, including through computing tools and artificial intelligence. And then it goes on with blah, 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 you know, the secretary of this and secretary of that and timelines and all of that. Wait, wait, wait. I'm still back at paragraph four at the sentences about genetic engineering and writing circuitry for cells and predictably programming biology and unlocking the power of artificial intelligence. That's not anywhere in the Constitution as a role of the federal government. And by the way, I don't think we've ever heard anything like this in an executive order before. That's certainly alarming language. We have to find out more about what that uh, is referring to. Would you agree? There's a book that I can recommend to you by Steve Fuller. It's found everywhere. Books are sold. The title of the book is Humanity 2.0, What It Means to Be Human past, present, and future. If you want to know about what we're going to talk about today in great depth, transhumanism and posthumanism, then that book would be helpful, I'm sure. Now, the World Economic Forum, our favorite group across the pond, as they say, headed up by Klaus Schwab and his sidekick, Yuval Noah Harari, they are big on transhumanism. You need to see some of the videos featuring Yuval Noah Harari as he explains transhumanism 
and where the world is going. Many refer to what we're going into in the future as hashtag 4IR, the fourth industrial revolution. We're talking here about augmented humans, that is changed and uh, the, you know, the idea is improved, but augmented humans, post-humans, that is what man becomes after he's no longer human. It's the merging of man and machine. That's the way we often talked about this. What it might look like is a brain chip, or a, a, a uh, chip, rather, injected into the brain or implanted. You know, pretty much like your vet injects an ID chip into your pet, although I've never done that to my pets. Or military members have a, um, a chip implanted in their back of their neck. And that's for rescue and identification. It even deals with subjects such as mRNA. mRNA, that M, well, RNA, of course, is uh, ribonucleic acid. You remember, hopefully, in high school, your biology courses. That basically is, we're talking here about the DNA that makes Mankind, mankind versus monkey kind or fish kind. It's the directions or instructions God programmed into us when we were conceived. And then we begin to live that out as we are born and we grow. But mRNA, that M, that's a very important letter in that phrase mRNA. And, you know, I didn't look at what a conspiracy site said. I went to the Pfizer site, and Pfizer told me this. The Pfizer site explains that the M in mRNA stands for messenger. Now, the messenger, whatever message it's, it's supposed to deliver, the messenger slips through the L... NPs, and I know you know all about this, but for those who may not, that's the liquid nanoparticles. It's able to get into the cell, however it does it. I'm not a microbiologist. I'm just telling you what Pfizer says. And then it delivers instructions to the cells to make a protein using the cell's own natural machinery. That's what MRA is all about. Well, you can see that we're already going down a road of transhumanism when we start telling ourselves what to do rather than our DNA, as God created them, tell ourselves what to do. In the National Review, there was an excellent article, and I'm going to read you just a bit of that. Transhumanism boiled down to its bones, is pure eugenics. Now, let me say, in case that's the word you don't use a lot, eugenics means uh, good genes or producing good people. Hitler believed in eugenics, that he could create the uh, super race in Germany of the Nazis. 
and those that didn't qualify were eliminated, of course. But transhumanism, and going back to quoting the article, transhumanism, boy down to its bones, is pure eugenics. It calls itself H+, for more or better than human, which, of course, is what eugenics is all about. And I continue quoting National Review, alarmingly, transhumanist values are being embraced at the highest strata of society, including in big tech, in universities, and among the Davos crowd of globalists would-be technocrats, you know, the World Economic Forum. And that being so, it is worth listening in to what they are saying under the theory that forewarned is forearmed. Now, I'm going to tell you about someone you need to know more about. And I'm not against any of these people personally. I hope they will all come to a personal saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you what they think and believe. Israeli philosophy professor Yuval Harari is one of the movement's chief proselytizers. He believes that AI slash human hybrids are inevitably going to take over and that those of us who refuse to join our minds with these computer programs will come to be considered a, quote, useless class or even, quote, useless people. And that is quoted from a story in the Miami Standard. Harari went on to say that humanity is in the midst of a second industrial revolution centered around artificial intelligence. But the product this time will not be textiles or machines or vehicles or even weapons. The product this time will be humans themselves, Harari asserted. We are basically learning to produce bodies and minds. Bodies and minds are going to be, I think, the two main products of the next wave of all these changes. That's the end of that quote. Now, the useless people, and that's a, a phrase I'm quoting, the useless people referenced by the World Economic Forum advisor would be those who refuse to be injected with artificial intelligence capabilities in the coming decades. Describing humans as hackable animals, that is, uh, an animal, our brains can be hacked, our DNA can be hacked. Describing humans as hackable animals, Harari believes that the masses, that's a quote, the masses would not stand much of a chance, end quote, against these changes, even if they were to organize. Ah, the old resistance is futile, Gambit. And I'm still actually quoting from National Review. There's a lot of quotes and stop quotes here and, you know, quoted in this newspaper and that, but I've made one long quote from National Review. So National Review goes on in part of its article to say, what will happen to, quote, useless people, end quote. The problem, now this is quoting Harari, the problem is more boredom 
what to do with them, and how will they find some sense of meaning in life when they are basically meaningless, worthless, Harari continued. My best guess at present is a combination of drugs and computer games. That's the end of his quote. And I thought to myself, wow, so 2022. <laughs> That's the way a lot of people are narcotized today. You don't even have to create that. Do you know what the result of all of this is? And I'm, I'm done with the National Review article, so you don't have to keep up with the quotes and the end quotes. The result is this. There's going to be in the future of the world, if these people have their way, two types of human beings. Humans, like we've always known us to be, humans and post-humans. That is where man and machine are merged. Pastor Ed, I, I think this is all so, so great. Think of the medical advances. And by the way, that's how this is being initially presented, of how it will help people medically. So think of the medical advances. It all sounds amazing. And yes, I said that mockingly of people who make amazing, like two words, amazing. I hate it when people do that. Anyway, Pastor Ed, this is all going to be so great. Yeah, until the day the post-humans reach this calculation. We don't even need the useless, and we're talking about humans here, we don't even need the useless. So why are we paying for their drugs and video games? Let's delete them. Hmm. I'm guessing the elites will come up with a final solution. What do you think? This is what they've always done throughout history. When one group gains power and no longer needs the other group, bad things happen. The Soviet Union, the Chinese Communist Party in China, Nazi Germany, and many other places since then. Cambodia, I mean, just go down the list. So, what do you think the elites would come up with as a way to deal with this whole problem of the money drain that all these useless, worthless humans are posing to them? They will depopulate the planet. They will kill them. Pastor Ed, I can't believe you would say that. All we can do is, is go on the track record of history. And that's what happens when this situation arises at any time in history, as you just wipe them out. Now, I'm quoting, we're back to quotes within quotes here. I'm quoting what, um, when I looked up a uh, a looked up transhumanism and quotes about it, information about it. I'm quoting what Google, let's see, where did I find this? It was an article, I think, that Google recommended. I think that's what it was. And in that article, it said, no less a figure than Francis Fukuyama. And then it footnoted that he is considered a Google scholar. 
Ooh, he must, or she must, whoever it is, must be great. Anyway, no less a figure than Francis Fukuyama recently labeled transhumanism as, this is a quote, the world's most dangerous idea, end quote. So whoever this person is <laughs> that is so highly thought of in terms of intelligence, they said, this is the world's most dangerous idea. Have you, I just want to ask you some questions. I want you to think about some things with me. And I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to make statements. I just want to ask you questions. What is this whole 5G thing about? What is the, the race and the urgency to create a 5G world? And by the way, the best that I can understand it 5G is not like one step up from 3G or 4G. It's like a trillion steps up. 5G, the capabilities and speed of information and all that. But did you know that there are already projecting out to a 6G world? Now, graphene is a and I may not be using the right word. I'm not a scientist, but I'm, I've done some study on this, so I'm going to tell you the way I understand it and uh, uh, words and ideas that all of us can understand. Graphene is a metal, and the beauty of graphene is that it replicates itself. If you put some graphene into a situation, it will form a circuit. Let me say that again. Graphene can form a, an electrical circuit, a structure. Think about what I just said. Now, graphene is not new. It's been around a long time, and it's been used in various ways. One of the ways, and this is, I know what I'm about to say. If you haven't studied this, you'll say, what a nut job. But you know what? I've done some research on this, and I'm guessing you haven't. Graphene has been found in some of the recently touted vaccines, and no one knows why exactly. I wonder why that was in there. Hmm. Weird, huh? Now, just ponder that a moment. Now, the Internet of Things is where we are now within the world, where everything is connected, where you can close your garage door from, I don't know how far away, maybe around the world, I don't know that, but you can close your garage door when you're not even home. That's what you need to know. The power companies can, uh, they don't even need to read meters anymore. They can just use whatever they use to know how much electricity you've used through um, digital type meters and all of that. Uh, even, even dishwashers have chips in them from which information can be derived about you. You know who said that? General Petraeus. I think he was in a testimony before the House or Senate or it was a press conference or, or conference, but he said this, that they could track terrorists and know where they were and kill them 
because even dishwashers have chips in them that provide information to those who know how to get it, like where you are in a house. That's what he was saying. Are you in that house? Just think about what I just said. So very openly in the world now, there is developing the Internet of Things. You probably heard of that. The next stage is to tie that to the Internet of Bodies, I mean, like a person, a human being. The Internet of Things will be attached to, connected with, the Internet of Bodies. And you know what's missing now? You. (laughs) You have to become part of this system that is being set up. Now, I'm not saying the system will be complete in three months or three years. It may not even be complete in three decades. I don't know that. I just I just am telling you what I found out as I studied this, and I'm talking about people who are experts in it. I mean, I was letting the experts teach me, and I'm just relaying that to you. You know, I studied all this in between watching SEC football yesterday, but I'm a pretty good student. <laughs> Listen to this article in WAPO. Pastor Ed, what is WAPO? That's short for Washington Post. And there's not a liberal or elitist alive in the world that doesn't love the Washington Post. So I'm quoting a newspaper that would hate me, okay? But I'm going to quote it. This is quoting from an article in the Washington Post. Tesla chief executive Elon Musk has warned about artificial intelligence before tweeting that it could be more dangerous than nuclear weapons. Speaking Friday at the MIT Aeronautics and Astronautics Department's Centennial Symposium, Musk called it our biggest existential threat. This is a quote. I think we should be very careful about artificial intelligence. If I were to guess, like, what our biggest existential threat is, is probably that. So we need to be very careful with the artificial intelligence. Increasingly, scientists think that there should be some regulatory oversight, maybe, at the national and international level, just to make sure that we don't do something very foolish. With artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. In all those stories where there's the guy with the pentagram and the holy water, it's like, yeah, he's sure he can control the demon. Didn't work out. End of quote. That's a great quote. That's what Elon Musk said, that when we start tampering with artificial intelligence and all the things all the way back down the line, the the bio uh, engineering and biotechnology and all of that. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's sort of like walking up to a German shepherd and kicking him. You're probably going to regret it at some point. Now, know this. Listen, whatever mankind invents, he will use in the most awful way. 
Mankind can invent something wonderful, and mankind will quickly misuse that and pervert that. That's just the human side of the history of fallen man. Have you ever heard of the Manhattan Project? Well, that's not a band. (laughs) That was a scientific project initiated under President Roosevelt in the 1940s. What no one in the world really knew is there was a race between the Americans and Nazi Germany as to who would invent the nuclear weapon, the atom bomb, first. And Germany had a a head start on us, a big head start. Well, the Manhattan Project was where the brightest... um, Scientific minds of the day were brought together in America and they were tasked by President Roosevelt with splitting and harnessing the power of the atom. Now, let me ask you something. Once this was done, what was its first use? Its first use was in war. (laughs) And here's something else a lot of people don't know. The day the scientists under the squash courts at the University of Chicago, that's where their lab was located, probably for secrecy. Who wants to go to the University of Chicago, right? And nobody plays squash. But the day the scientists under the squash court at the University of Chicago pushed the button on splitting the atom, listen carefully, they were not sure the chain reaction could be contained. Would it be controlled and limited and stop, or would the earth be destroyed? I'm not making that up. That's a fact. Wow. Now, I've thrown a lot of things at you and you've been very patient and probably a lot of you are way smarter than me about this and saying, what a dope. He doesn't understand half of this. Well, you're right about that, but I can read and I can read what experts say. But I appreciate those of you who might not deal with scientific things a lot that you've made it this far through the podcast. Let me plug it in for you. Let me read you a description of the future from a 2,000-year-old vision. It comes from a, a book in the Bible. It's the last book in the Bible of what some would call the uh, Christian New Testament. Of course, Christians use the Old and New Testament, which form the Bible. But in the last book of the Bible... In Revelation 13, 1 through 18, I want to read you part of this vision. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon 
gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wandered after the beast, and they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth and the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they, that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. He causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. Now, the goal of transhumanism is posthumanism, and that will create two humanities on the earth at that point, if they get that far. But I want you to know that there are two hum humanities that we see right here. There's one humanity 
who are believers in Jesus Christ, and they will be saved. The other humanity are those who worship the Antichrist, and they will be judged. Now, the system described in Revelation 13, I feel that it is being put in place now. And if this is not it, then it's something leading to it. And if this is not it and this is not leading to it, then it's going to be something a lot like it in the future. And nobody will be able to escape that type of system. The transhumanism threat is your sign, your way of telling time as a beginner that you need to repent of sin and trust in Jesus Christ and be born again and be saved. I want to give you a phone number. I want you to write it down and I want you to call this number. You're not calling me, but you're calling a counselor who can show you how to come to Jesus Christ before it's too late. 877-247-2426. 877-247-2426. I want you to know today that with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can know for sure how your eternity will turn out. Instead of following Satan and being condemned with him to an eternal hell, you can follow Jesus Christ and be welcome into heaven and eternity with him. For those who are too shy to call that phone number, maybe you would like to chat with someone. Go to chataboutjesus.com. As we begin to close, I want to share with you some good news. But first, it starts with some bad news. In Romans 3.23, we read, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But in Romans 6.23, we read, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I hope that you are trusting him today, and if you're not, that you soon will. And that once you are a Christian, you will live every day for the Lord Jesus Christ until he takes you home in your personal death or in the rapture of the church. God bless you for listening today. Please like the episode, follow the podcast, and share this episode with someone else right where you're listening right now. Thanks for listening. If I'm still here and the Lord doesn't come first, I'll be back next week with another episode of This Week in the Word. Bye-bye.